Hi, I'm martial art master Daniel Pastina. You know me as Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptile, Smoke, and you are listening to Still Token with on the Darkening Broadcast Network. Finish him. Get over here. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. But thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. You have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. 
from horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. You're watching Still Token With. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. And uh, you're. Oh. I, I, this is going to be an awesome show. I'm extremely excited about it. Uh, but uh, we're we're kind of missing somebody. So uh, Jeffrey, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, we're missing somebody. Hey, what's going on out there, everybody? Yeah, so Ben's a little under the weather. Uh, you know, happens to us all. So he left me not alone because we have a special co-host. We Say do. Justin. Hello, everyone. Hey, welcome, Justin. Welcome, Justin. Thank you for filling in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Justin. Are real... you really? <laughs> Always, I mean that's that's the thing. I'm always down. <laughs> you act like I don't watch your show. So. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, Justin, where are you from? Uh, well, let's see. I am on a podcast uh, called Geek Life HQ. I have another podcast that's all about Ninja Turtles called Epic Tales from the Sewers. You can find me on the Dorkening Podcast, um, Comics Paradox, and the Dork Night Show. And uh, usually, I'm just kind of hanging around, you know, talking about comics and movies and stuff. I, I've heard of some of those. <laughs> <laughs> you may be on some of those maybe <laughs> so uh jeffrey uh yes sir we... so uh you're doing well right i am i am i am okay man. good 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 so yeah we have a great show i'm excited never seen it before oh, <laughs> uh let's welcome marty grabstein best known Woo! as <laughs> best known as Courage, the cowardly's dog's voice. Correct? Yes. No. Did I say that right this time? No, you didn't. Voice is is inherent, actually. (laughs) I think. I don't know. The voice. The voice. That one of those dead moments. Yeah, that's what I was. I'm just waiting. I'm telling you, man, folks, this is going to be a rough hour. I'm telling you, all, all you lovely fans out there who watch Token Whip. By the way, I want to go on record as saying this is this opening. I was like blown away. I mean, it was like all I know is I'm waiting for the graphic sex situations, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, all of those things. I'm imagining that we're going to be supplying some of that stuff, right? Oh yeah, well, yeah. You can't, can't see what's going on. You're the nudity. Oh, the nudity, right, exactly. <laughs> that uh, would, that's kind of, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, with, with YouTube being... <laughs> uh, with with, you, with YouTube being as strict as they are, we put that just to make sure you know, we cover all bases, so you never mm-hmm. know. Like, uh, you know, there could be a trailer that shows some nudity or, you know, it's... it's uh, 
yeah it, it, we just cover all bases make sure this is an adult show everybody knows that it's an adult show uh even though it's based off of a comic book it's still you know adults well, well comic books adult clothes yeah right right yeah yeah What's the, what comic book is it based off of talking with the dead oh okay that's right that's right that was, i didn't realize that that's right. so you catch on pretty quick thanks man <laughs> so um tell us a little bit about um courage how did courage come to be how did courage come to be all right well uh sounds courage... like a shakespeare line <laughs> courage came to be uh, that i basically well i don't know how it came to be you'd have to talk to john dilworth about how the whole concept came to be it actually began as a uh it began as a um it was a short film that he created in 1995 and and it was um it was uh, called you know uh, the chicken from outer space was the title of the film and uh, i wasn't the voice for that for that uh, character um and um and it was a short film about this little pink dog uh, that lives with uh, with his uh family well his master uh, and an elderly lady an elderly man in the mid in the little country house in the middle of a town called nowhere where all kinds of crazy things generally uh generally occur um and so uh you know and generally this this dog is so neurotic so frenetic so terrified of of things he's very very uh, type a personality and um and uh he's terrified and yet somehow as all kinds of monsters and forces of evil that seem to threaten their idyllic environment in the uh in nowhere somewhere along the line the little dog rises to the occasion faces his fear and saves the people he loves and ultimately the world itself so it's kind of a cool idea, the idea of facing your fear, right? kind of a cool thing. So it start, basically it started off as the Chicken Matter Space. It was non, nominated for an Academy Award, actually, for best short uh, short subject. It didn't get it, but it certainly got some noise from that. And I think mm-hmm. got Dilworth uh, the funding and the, uh, you know, the sponsorship to m- make a series out of this Courage the Cowardly Dog. Um, and so how that came to be was basically they they assembled the voice actor they got the scripts first and then they assembled voice actors and they had kind of everybody except for the lead character of courage they dilworth could not quite figure out how he was going to go with this character uh it, it was very hard to say and there was there was a lot of weird stuff about it was the dog a talking dog he did have lines and yet nobody could hear the lines his masters didn't hear the lines but we could hear the lines so were they his thoughts or evil characters can hear the lines or his friends that he meets in the cuckoo world that he inhabits can hear the it was a very wacky thing so basically he came up with an idea that he's going to go against the grain of what maybe somebody would choose vocally for what this character would be like. But he didn't know how it should actually specifically sound. So I get a call 
from a really good friend of mine who unfortunately I had fallen out of touch with for a few years, um, Risa Newworth, she called me up and said, hey, Marty, um, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm working for a guy named John Dilworth, and uh, he's putting together this, you know, this new cartoon series, Courage the Cowardly Dog, and uh, he has been listening to every voice actor in the city. He's heard over 200 voices, and he, over a period of about four or five months, and he can't decide what how to what to do who to choose what to do so she said at this point i'm going out of the usual areas and into the mm-hmm. you know on the outskirts of life where i resided <laughs> and uh, you know many people might even say continue to reside uh but that's another story that's uh, that we do that when ben comes back cuz cuz lee's ne- going to need to help ben's help to with that with that uh, discussion but, uh, <laughs> but um, this goes that back being... to that clockwork orange discussion, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it most I'm still waiting does. for where the chickens come in. No, well, I'll tell you well, that. There's a duck. Um, but so basically, uh, basically, you know, she she calls me in. She said makes an appointment within two minutes. Uh, there was something going on that I knew there was a connection with Dilworth, and he, there was laughter. Uh, about the way I was doing it. I had no thoughts about how to do it. I walked into the audition. I was a blank slate. I didn't know any, I had no idea. So I just started doing it based on the way the character looked and coming from my own frenetic personality anyway. And so he was really loving that, but he said, can you just pitch it high? Just pitch, everything you're doing is great. Can you just pitch it high? Like this! up here at this level. And he goes, yes, that's it. That's it. That's the voice. I think we got it. And that was it. And he said, I just got to go okay with the, with the cartoon network and uh, we should be good to go. So he takes this guy with, as you can hear, a kind of a deep raspy kind of voice and shows him to go up here. And so really unconventional choice, but I am grateful. Now, now, is it is it hard to do that voice? Um, I mean, well, it, it sounds painful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be after a while. Well, believe it or not, believe it or not, not it's not as hard as you think. Because when I go up like this, I'm using at least some of my head voice. Whereas actually, <laughs> this what I'm doing now is actually more destructive to my vocal cords than when I go up here. Because it's almost like what happens when someone does a falsetto and they're not supporting it with their throat, but they're supporting it with their, with, you know, with their diaphragm and their, you know, the vibrating in the in, in the head kind of thing. And so that's to a certain extent, uh, I was able to not get any kind of serious hoarse throats or anything like that from okay. it. But make no mistake about it, when I go to a convention, um, to you know, a, a, you know, one of the comic cons, right? And I'm signing and I'm talking all day long, and I'm doing the voice and I'm screaming and I'm yelling yeah. all day long. That does wreak havoc because I would, you know, I would only go in for a couple of hours uh, each time I'd record, and then it would be over. You know, mm-hmm. um, I could see that. <laughs> so uh... dead space. <laughs> Do you not hear me? I was just trying to say something. Leo was trying. <laughs> He was trying. Jeez. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned cons. Uh, w- what cons have you done recently? 
Well, actually, recently, like, it was really nice from August to through November, right? In, within a four-month period, I did eight conventions, which was kind of cool, two, two, two a month averaging kind of thing, um, which was tremendous. I mean, a lot of these conventions kind of starting to come back, you know, and pushing to the end, towards the end of the year. And so it all kind of jammed up together. I loved it. But I did, you know, I've done, I was in um, most notable ones in the recent times was I was in the uh, Fanboy uh, Convention in Knoxville, Tennessee. Fan Expo. Expo. Yep. Are you familiar with Fanboy Expo? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I am a nerd, sir. I'm familiar with everything. David <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> I did Rhode Island Comic Con, which was a monster. Yeah. That was a monster. That was oh, like yeah. by far the largest uh, that I'd ever uh, I'd ever done. The fanboy was pretty big too. Yeah, Rhode, uh, Rhode Island. Grand insane. Rapids, Grand Rapids Comic Con, also very nice. And uh, you know, I've been in I've, I've been in Orlando. I've been in Texas. Uh, uh, you know, um, you know, bouncing around to various places around. But those three are the most recent ones. Hill Country in um, in uh, Texas. I was in actually the um, Ancient City Comic Con in uh, in Saint uh, Augustine. The old city. Oh, so sometimes you come around, you see these cool places. That, you know the environments around you. You know, it's like a regular Saint Augustine's Comic-Con. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, except for the in... Spanish moss. Yeah, it's great stuff, right? Beautiful place, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But I did get a picture of me and uh, William Shatner in the uh, Rhode Island Comic Con. Oh, nice! And there's a video with me and Matthew Lillard uh, of he and I because we actually were both in the Courage uh, Scooby crossover. Mm-hmm. He was Shaggy and I was Courage. So he what? didn't know that. Yeah. But I kind of invaded him. Wow. Invaded his environment and said, you know, I know you're a big macha, Matthew. But uh, just so you know, I'm the voice of courage, the cowardly dog. And he was actually, oh, you are? He was actually a really nice guy. Did he but, say uh, zoinks? Hmm? Did he say zoinks? No, because I honestly, <laughs> I don't know enough about Scooby to even ask him that question. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I should know more about Scooby than I do, but... Uh, well, that, that begs a big question. If you're if you're not so into you know uh, Scooby, uh, what cartoons did you come up on? Like, were you like a BD and Cecil fan? You know, listen, Leo, this is this is a nerd question. Which cartoons did you grow up on? By the same way, ones I grew up on, most likely. Which ones did you grow up on, Lee? Oh, it was Hanna Barbera stuff and that that whole era. I, I you know, I loved, um, you know, I I loved uh, the you know the Looney Tunes and all that shit. Looney Tunes, so we are connected, right? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, I my favorite were the Looney Tunes, were the with you know with with the Looney Tunes, one of others cartoons because I loved the idea of um, them being great for kids, but also a little wink, wink. To a right. oh, yeah. as well, so I love that. And me being kind of a semi-smart kid, I got stupider when I got older. But I was pretty smart <laughs> when I was a kid. Uh, and I remember I was able to get some of the jokes that they would be winking on. You know, after when I was about, you know, I remember 10, 10 11 years old. Still, you know, older, uh, but still relatively young. But I was somewhat savvy, and so I was enjoying all the wink winks of. Uh, 
of um, Bugs Bunny, who is my all-time favorite. Yeah. But I, I, I also loved, uh, you know, the Flintstones, and I, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't as huge a Hanna Barbera guy, but I, I loved Huckleberry Hound for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> about his, his just oh yeah, just very low key. He would be good for Token with whoever, right? He would be good, a good character for this particular oh, yeah. environment. <laughs> what is this particular environment? So, so you say I'm, I'm, I've spent two years trying to figure it out. So. <laughs> Uh, so you say you're you're uh, you're a fan of Bugs Bunny. What did you think of? Have you seen like the reboot uh, that they just did on HBO, the new ones? Oh, Space Jam. Bugs Bunnies. Yeah, uh, not not Space Jam. Bugs Bunny. Yeah, the oh, Looney Tunes show. The yeah. Looney Tunes show. There's like uh, I think there are two or three seasons now. Really? Yeah, brand new. No, I didn't well, know anything about that. Okay. Tell me what your thoughts are. Uh... I didn't care for it. You know, the voice acting is great. I'll, I'll yeah, tell you yeah, that. Yeah, the voice acting is really good, yeah. but it, it's definitely a lot tamer. You know, it, it, you can see they tried to grab the essence of the original Bugs uh, Looney Tunes cartoons, right. uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely very tame. You know, it, they, it sounds like it lost its snap. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's ironic because when you're looking at today's world, they like to talk about today's world like it's such a you know, it's more risque world that we're living in. And back then, <clears throat> in the late 50s and the early 60s, you know, the beginnings of my childhood, it was, was much, mm-hmm. you know, until the real 60s came about, the real 1960s, you know, the late 60s, right, and the early 70s. Uh, so, but up until that, the viewed as very tame, very sedate. L- Lucy and you know, Lucy and Ricky sleeping in separate beds. Yeah. Rob and Laura sleeping in separate beds. This is this is the uh, the, the the content we're mm-hmm. for here, right? I, I love a great Dick Van Dyke show reference, so that's fantastic. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so you know, but really, the truth is, we've become oddly more. I find that we are more uh, prudish. In the way we're going about doing things, in the value, in the underlying value system, it is less free than it used to be. All of this quote-unquote freedom is being like, like, kind of, you know, like, pumped up or something, as if we're so free. I think we are. It's awful, really. The idea that it would be tame, a tame Bugs Bunny. Yeah. You know, when you really yeah, that just doesn't work for me. No. No. Well, that's why we didn't watch it, Lee. Yeah. We probably picked up the vibe in some way. And, you know. <laughs> Do you guys ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he dresses up like a girl bunny? Oh, I used to like that. And see, there was also that, you that's know. That's an odd fucking question right there. It's a Wayne's World quote, man. <laughs> oh, oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> we can curse on this show. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Right? All right, great. Um, you know, I, I used to love, I remember the, the one with the, um, the one, the one with the monster. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah Gossamer. Monster that's shaped, the head is shaped like a heart. It's all like it's like kind of like that, right? Yeah. And he's running after him, and the and just as the monster is coming up to him, suddenly Bugs is there with a little like nail salon thing going on. It's like, oh, I just love monsters. Come here, <laughs> I love mo- monsters. Just so wonderful, and he's doing little thing, and it was just like, and in my mind, it was like. 
in today's world, that could never go over. Like, I guarantee well, well, you. Well, today's world, it could because we do have furries. So it, it's. No, no yeah. but the idea of the homosexual, the idea oh, okay. that the implication would be that it, that it's a homosexual that's saying, oh, I just love monsters. Or if not a homosexual, then him doing a girl, him playing a girl a la Milton Berle, who would play a girl, right? And somehow the implication would be homosexual, which is actually not even true or even, but people just got a kick out of guys doing female stuff. And guys always love doing female stuff. So that was back then. They were more advanced in some way. Now there's like a big, I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into this or I'll get canceled. Uh, <laughs> they'll shut down my YouTube. They'll shut down all my pages. I don't even. Did I? Let me hear the Leo. Did I say anything? Uh, I, 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 I don't believe you did. I, but I, no, I get what you, you know. Not at all. Yeah. It's so like, you know, a lot of cartoons yeah, nowadays. If you notice, nobody argued with you. Nobody argued, but nobody shut me down. Well, think about how Scooby Doo has changed too. What's that? See? You know, even Scooby Doo has changed since the 1960s. You, you go yeah. All yeah the way as I back. Try, tried to watch the newer yeah. Scooby Doo, I can't do it. The the best one was the one on Supernatural that they did. That was pretty crazy. But um, but Scooby Doo was very different. Like, there's a lot of things that you wouldn't see, and um, you know, you know, things like even the way that they would just separate and go into their own little teams. Like, oh. Fred and Daphne go this way and Velma and Scooby go this way. You know, even that kind of stuff has changed. Yeah. Where there's mm -hmm. like gender role dynamics and things. It's like they, they put actual time and effort into thinking about like how a kid's going to react to what Scooby and Shaggy do or what they eat. It's like Sesame Street. You can't have cookies. Right. Cookies are a sometime thing. So it's it's one of those things that kind of changes with the time. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, Scooby I, is lucky enough to be a perennial favorite where every generation since it's come out has had some sort of re re um revigoration of it i'll say oh yeah yeah and, and i just want to point out i mean jeff you say you can't watch the the current one you got to make sure that you watch straight out of nowhere uh so scooby-doo meets cowardly uh courage yeah, I the cowardly not, dog i have not had a chance to see that yet but okay. I, that's one i'll definitely yeah. watch okay just one i think it's honestly i think it's a good one i, I i'm, you know, I'm I, so i've seen the trailer and stuff do we have the trailer uh, we would get booted if we played it because that's a, really? a yeah that's a larger right. one so oh all right yeah. that sucks well fuck them then fuck you. Get <laughs> why, why would you get booted uh, certain content if we play uh, there's like an automatic uh, copyright strike so like if you play something you know of a larger trailer a lot of times the automatic system will like shut you down even though the trailer's out in the public yeah trailer's out in the public and you're promoting something that is every like Warner brothers would love it if you showed it yeah yeah but like they, the people that own it would have right. no problem with it yeah right but the algorithms will shut it down yep the exactly. algorithms will yeah. shut it down because we're living Big in brothers it. watching yeah it, yes this is sick stuff going on in today's world but anyway so okay um so i think it's a really good film um as crossovers go i mean listen it's a crossover. So, I yeah. mean, we always know that whenever that happens, you have to honor both universes. And so each each one, you know, is going to have to lose a little something for the greater good of the of the it's, it's like what Larry, mm. like Larry David said in, about what a compromise is. 
it uncurbed your enthusiasm. It basically it compromises when both both sides, both parties walk away unhappy. That's actually the you know. No, actually, it's not true. They said that on Star Trek uh, Lower Decks, Leo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I really, I think it actually is really good. They did an amazing job of, first of all, I have to say, as Courage, it was it was really good for me because it, you know, I think they really honored Courage. I think they really did. And they, you know, they, first of all, the fact that even, it's even in the title, Straight out of Nowhere. Nowhere is some courage is universe. The fact that the, the Scooby gang gets lost in nowhere. So the the whole most of the let's you know, like I would say like 85 90% of the entire episode of the entire movie takes place in Courage's universe. So it's wonderful. And there's and actually without giving anything away, I will say that when it comes to the the climax. Courage is really instrumental in the whole thing, in in the climactic moments of the film. And I'm very happy about that. And it also particularly moved by the fact that uh, Thea White, who was um, Muriel in in Courage, um, died actually about seven or eight months ago. And so that was very, she did this movie and she did not live to see it debut. But, um, you know, and she does a wonderful job in it. So it's me and Thea. So they, they kind of have a special thing for me. It was wonderful, actually. I thought they did a great job. And my hope is, in terms of the fan base, I'm really hoping that uh, people see that Courage definitely needs to uh, be rebooted. Yeah. Finally, once and for all, actually. What do you think would be the best venue for a reboot for Courage? Do you think a um, like a, a show on an HBO Max or back to Cartoon Network? What What do you think would be the best way to reach the audience? Ooh, that's a that's a question. You know, I'm, uh, the way I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question that I don't I'm I'm not clear enough or educated enough about the kind of overall mission statements of these networks. Uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Mr. Nerd. What do you think would be good? Oh, um, I would say that putting it in front of kids on some sort of streaming service where they could watch it and they could fall in love with the character and rewatch it and, and that, that would be mine. Um, but, but here's the thing. I never have any idea of how that affects you guys with royalties. So oh. if that if that screws you guys over for royalties, then I'm against it because oh. then then it's like, what's the point? You know, it then it's just contract work. Yeah, it totally screws us over for royalties, yeah. uh, which is seems to be the direction they're trying to go in. So yeah. I have a feeling it's only a matter of time before royalties is over uh, the way they which is terrible because I've made a lot of money on royalties of courage, you know, Um I underwrite mortgages, so I, I I do income calculations all the time with that. So it's it's a circumstance where you're just like these people need this money. If you haven't done a movie since 1977 and you're still getting money from the royalties of that film, that's income, you know. So mm -hmm. it, it is it is important to these artists like yourself. Yeah, of course it is. But, but here's what, what they say, and in the world today, the argument that they're making is that they're, they're doing a whole lot more stuff. There's a whole lot more opportunities to work 
because they're doing more volumes and volumes of more projects. So there's more work to be done. So the idea is you get the one thing and you get the royalties or you get a whole lot of things. Well, in real life, if you're going to ask me, would I rather just you know, do one or two things and get the royalties? Or would I rather get 10 things and not get royalties? My answer would be, I mean, it's a hard question to answer, but I would have to say the 10 things because I'm an actor and I want to work and I want to mm -hmm. act. And I'm not a youngster, as you can plainly see. Me and Lee talked about that, the age uh, issue. And there was almost, see what I did just now? There yeah. would be silence. <laughs> there was. Because it's, it's, like it's... I told you about how I do that. I fill in the yeah. silence. Well, so, led perfectly up to break time. Break time. We have to thank our sponsors. We do, we do, we do. Speaking of uh, uh, paying, uh, paying out, uh, let me <laughs> next segment. <laughs> let, let me uh, <laughs> let me find the uh, the right button here. Uh, yeah, you know what? We'll just go right into commercial. Here we go. Prospect Theater movies are out. I just saw Spider Man. Holy crap! Was that amazing? Uh, in uh, Prospect Theater, obviously, you can see all the new first-run movies. I'm pretty sure Spider-Man's playing there, uh, but here we go. Did you know around 83% of Americans with disabilities are unemployed? We are changing that. The Prospector Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to providing competitive and integrated employment for adults with disabilities through the operation of a first-run movie theater in Richfield, Connecticut. We greet, seat, and treat our audiences to the best, most accessible movie-going experience in the world. Hollywood blockbusters, delicious gourmet popcorn, and one-of-a-kind pink glove service. Join us for a movie and see our sparkle in action. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit www.prospectortheater.org. And Token with the Dead episode two is about to drop. Check it out. And if you can't get enough of Ben and Jeff, they also have some hot sauce.
There we go. Commercial's done. Uh, that is, uh, can I just say something? Are we, you have to say something? Or, no, I'm I, done. I'm good. done. <laughs> that was, first of all, I, I, I now I'm remembering Bill Diamond talking with the dead. I remember now. I, I Oh, it's all coming back to you. It's coming back to me. That's absolutely <laughs> You know what it was? I saw the sign. I saw his symbol. I didn't mm-hmm. notice that that was his name. And I saw the symbol made me, Bill Diamond. There it is. Great, the great, glorious Bill Diamond. Love him. Yes. What an amazing man, amazing creative force of nature, really. Um, and it's a pleasure to to be a friend of his. I, I you know, he's I, awesome. He really is great. Um, and so I was happy to see that. I was, and I did want to also mention that Deadly Grounds. Oh yeah. Love Deadly Grounds. I forgot the names of, of the guy, the name of the guy that runs it. Do you know uh, yeah, uh, Tom, uh, uh, I can never say his last name right. Uh, Laleos? Laleos? Tom Laleos, yeah. Yeah. And good good guy, and, and, and I taste this stuff is fantastic. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, love it. I so tanked up at the convention for doing all these, uh, you know. Cool he does the samples, yeah. Samples <laughs> would be, I mean, I'd be crazy. And, uh, and uh, just loved it, loved his stuff, and it was good seeing that. And, um, and the, the uh, what's his name? Um, Dr. Evil, who, uh, Father Evil, Father Evil. Yeah. Father Evil. Uh, also a really good guy. Um, so it was like, wow. Oh, yeah. T- T- Tom's awesome. It's, uh, yeah, he's been uh, uh, um, supporting the network, you know, for the longest time. And uh, it, he would hit us up like uh, when we did cons with him, you know, I'd hit him up first thing in the morning, you know, at the con and he'd, you know, instead of a little sample, he'd fill my big travel mug and I was all set for a while. And, and the hot sauce, whose hot sauce is that? That's uh, Jeff Levine from Silk City Hot Sauce. It's a uh, exclusive blend that we did with him. So it's an exclusive to Token with the Dead called Erotic Fever. Wow. I, I, Talk to you about. I'd like to get some of that hot sauce. Uh, uh, to we'll get you some of that hot sauce. Get me some of that hot sauce, man. However, however you need me to do it, I'll do it. Because doesn't matter how old you are, that shit'll make you drip. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, <geez>. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> an image for the people out there. <laughs> That's right? the erotic part. Yeah. That's uh, the erotic yeah. part. Uh, speaking of dripping, uh, <laughs> hey. no, no, I, I, I just want to say uh, in, in the comments here, I put a link, uh, Amazon link. Uh, it's available for pre-order right now, so definitely get your pre-orders in. Uh, but the Courage to Cowardly Dog Funko Pop is available on Amazon. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, I think it comes out in uh, three weeks. Uh, and uh, so if you pre-order, you don't have to worry about the scalpers. You know, you can... You know, Amazon will just ship it to you. That's, that's what I. Awesome. That's what I do. Who doesn't need a pink toy? <laughs> it's incredible, absolutely. Funkos are—you can't get enough of them. I have. Well, I have. I got an order of fifty coming in, and then another fifty. I got a hundred coming in at some point. Nice, and you're gonna autograph them and uh, uh, sell um, them? Yeah, I'll bring a few when I go to the conventions, and then the go. idea being that. Uh, um. I know that people also will have their own and they'll come to, you know, see me and they yeah. want to get signed up. But, um, and then I have an agent who is going to be setting up a, a kind of a online concession, so to speak. 
if people want to purchase those things. Speaking um, of Deadly Grounds, Tom's in the chat room. Marty, how are you, bud? Tom! How are you, man? He says, uh, hoping we can connect at the con next year. What's that? He says, hoping we can connect at the con next year. Yeah, at a con. You know, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I could have keep waiting for you to come to another one that I've been at. Um, but you're probably just doing uh, different ones than mine. You too, man. Yeah, he says, you miss too. you, bud. Yeah. You should, you yes. should try to do a Courage the Cowardly blend, something like oh, that. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, maybe a light roast, you know. Um, what what flavor would that be if you're going to pick a Courage blend for coffee? I just call it Courage Coffee. Yeah, yeah but what flavor, though? What what? Would it have well, a flavor? what flavor? Yeah. Is it decaf? I don't know. You know? No. No, definitely decaf. Double calf. <laughs> He's so high strung, it's double calf. Is it like a chocolate raspberry? Is it a Muriel's blend? Yeah. It probably is. Oh. Yeah, Muriel's blend. Oh, Tom says anything Muriel's, you want. What, he what is he saying? Anything, anything you want. Wait. So 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 uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, he does special roasts. Uh, so like. Um, uh, he did one uh I'm, I'm trying to think who he did recently um there was some actor but you talk to tom uh, buzz uh buzz right I, yeah yeah Patrick. all right do me a favor could you do this for me because i don't uh, you know um <laughs> yes uh, uh, tom uh you have my phone number i don't butch patrick yeah butch patrick there it is yep. yeah yeah what about Butch Patrick? Oh, so he did a uh, Butch Patrick did a special blend with Deadly Grounds. It was mm -hmm. uh, um, it was uh, his brand of coffee through Deadly Grounds. All right, we have to we have yeah. to talk about this. So, I Tom, I need your contact information. Can I get it from these guys? Oh, Dracula Dark Roast. That that was Butch. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll get you Tom's. Yeah, uh, we'll information. make sure that happens. Yeah, yeah make sure that happens. Definitely. Yeah. We'll yeah, we'll make sure that happens. Yeah, yes. Tom's an awesome dude. It's exciting, guys. It's like a marketing meeting now. <laughs> you know, like, like, what else? What else can we get courage to endorse? Do you think? You know? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> get some of that Scooby Doo money, guys. What do you think I am a whoa? I'm a whoa for the money. Is that what you think I am? No, uh, no, no, no. This is for you to uh, get back those royalties. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Tom, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you too, Tom. I don't want to brag. I'm actually drinking Deadly Grounds as we speak. So well, I gotta get, I gotta get that. All right, we'll we'll figure that out. Um, hey. Everybody. Um, so, um, so what what are the questions for me? Well, I, was, well, I go ahead, go ahead, Leo. Yeah, can I go get ahead. in a question here? You know, go ahead. You know, Jeff, you always talking over me, Jeff. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Jeez. My uh, wife says the same thing. <laughs> okay, so oh, I was going to ask, uh, what do you think it, it, is it about uh, courage uh, for the longevity of fandom? You know, we're talking about twenty years now since uh, the show's been over, and you still have, you know, uh, everybody loves courage. What, what? Why do you think made him so special? Um, you know, honestly, and I'm finding it more and more myself. You know, when I go to these conventions i'm like people love this thing what? you know i mean it's it's like people get like these people come up to me um and, and i would have to say the primary um fan base are people in their 20s to early 30s but it even goes as far back as like you know 
you know, people in their early teens and stuff who watched it on re, you know, uh, redos or whatever repeats. And, um, I think it's, it's, it's a combination. First of all, it's a really excellent cartoon. I think it's well-written. It's edgy. Um, it's, it crosses over into that scary because at times it's pretty, you know, disturbing, uh, in a fun way, but can be disturbing. And, um, it's beautiful, visually beautiful, you know, with all the backdrops and it's really painstaking, like in the old style of, of cartoons rather than everything being done computer generated, you know, and, um, and uh, I really think the character itself uh, is just, as I say, is this terrified little vulnerable creature who's very charming and very neurotic and, you know, really horribly terrified. And the idea of facing fear, like I said earlier, and then moving forward and kind of saving the day, it's kind of like, you know, Schwarzenegger can save the day and, uh, you know, Bruce Willis can save the day, but these are big the rock and you know these are big characters that are up against uh, the forces of evil it's just a little creature who's terrified the idea of facing your fear and moving forward and doing it in a funny way because it's legitimately a funny show uh as you know and these kids grow up on this and a lot of kids you know are in you know difficult situations growing up is hard anyway in the world we live in, it's difficult. A lot of the people that like courage and certainly people that are fans of this whole, you know, genre often are, you know, people that are, I don't want to say the word, misfits. Like, it's like the island of misfit toys, of which I fit into personally. As you would say, uh, Justin, you know, you're a nerd. You, you said to me, you're a nerd, right? And by the way, I keep calling you Lee. Did you notice that, Jeff? You never corrected me. <laughs> kept calling Why you would Lee. I? <laughs> uh, I thought you were talking. Whenever you said Lee, I thought you were talking to Leo. Yeah, that's oh, what I thought. Oh, <laughs> I see. Oh, okay. So just remember that all those zingers that you thought were for Leo was actually for you. So now you need to oh, go that's... back and rewatch it. Well, well, that's disturbing. No. I, I thought he thought you were Jeff Lee from ELO. Oh, Jeff Lynn. Okay. All right, sorry. Anyway, okay. So back to the story. So, you know, I think it's like a lot of these kids, you know, are, are, uh, struggle with, with anxiety. Uh, they come up, they tell me this, you know, there's many kids that, that, that are Asperger's and, you know, um, and, and they come up to me and they are just such like, they are so moved. They are so absolutely moved by this character. When they see me, sometimes tears come to their eyes or they hug and they're like, they like, you're my child. And then a lot the people that aren't part of like the Island of Misfit Toys um, are just, we're all in a sense, part of the Island of Misfit Toys to a certain extent. We're all kind of have our own anxieties and our own struggles and our own pain that we walk through, you know? And so there's a kind of that they think about their own pain and then courage gives them comfort. You know, they view them as like a comfort for them. 
And they always say the courage got me through these tough times, you know, they would say that. I think a cartoon that can do that is kind of special. I would say it's kind of special. There are popular fun cartoons that everybody loves. It's fun characters and we love them and funny and wild and action, but something that can dig deep into someone's uh, psyches or something that can, can have an emotional connection. Uh, you know, I think it's wonderful. And so when you say everybody loves courage, I, I would like to believe that so many more people love courage than, than I thought, but it seems as if a whole lot of people don't necessarily understand what well, courage is. How can you not love a little pink dog? It, it, it's true. And then when they see me, it's a little surreal, you know, and when they hear me, because the fact that I'm the voice of that cute little pink dog, mm -hmm. and look at me, listen to me. I think that's great. See, that was one of those, I wanted to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much time we, we, we saw after that moment? We saw just before we started that, that exact circumstance that you described when my daughter came on and, and I said, "Hey, you know, Gracie, do you do you want to meet the voice mm -hmm. of courage?" And you saw her, and oh, my yeah. daughter is uh, anxiety. Uh, she has anxiety, and she is on the Asperger's spectrum as well. So you know, it's it's a circumstance like you literally telegraphed the exact person. Where it's like yes, and I mean, you saw she was elated, so. That's fantastic. Um, my son, my son has autism, so you know, I, I, you know, I have a special place in my heart for those in the Asperger's world, because I could talk to them about how I could be a voice that says I understand about autism, but I also get to, you know, whatever they struggle with, the, the to remind them that they're able to speak and have a conversation and able to you know, communicate their needs and able to, you know, my son, it's very, very severe in terms of his difficulties in being able to, to have, uh, you know, he can't have a conversation. And so uh, God bless him. Matthew is wonderful. And um, I'm very, you know, grateful to have him uh, in my life and I love him. Uh, and he has his own way of communicating. He's sharp in his own way. Um, but it, when I see somebody with Asperger's who is, you know, I, it's like I, I can be a voice of comfort for them. I, I hope to be because, you know, as much as you do, it takes as much as I'm sure you you are. It does take a village in a sense to oh, absolutely uh, of support systems for these for these people and to let, the, you know, help them be what they're capable of being. And they're capable of being wonderful uh, beings in this world. They are wonderful beings in this world, and so your daughter, God bless her. So, um, see, I, I got yeah, that. She's garden. all right. That's good. <laughs> got the God in there. <laughs> well, one but, thing we didn't touch on that right. I wanted to mention, we were talking about earlier on, is uh, you're a big fan of uh, Woody Allen, and um, do you channel any of that sort of energy into the character of? Uh, of uh, courage because I definitely can kind of see it a little bit. And I was just curious about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So thank you. Listen, the thing is, you know, yes, I am a huge Woody Allen fan and I'm proud to say that despite whatever alleged uh, misdoings or misdeeds and some are not even alleged and some of the misdeeds but the most recent ones are very alleged and have not been uh, you know totally proven but 
the bottom line is you can't really um, negate and cancel an entire body of wonderful, insightful, and great humor work uh, because the person is fucked up. He's so messed up. You know, (laughs) you know, and, but, you know, I don't know what I believe about. I don't know that I believe I'm waiting for indubitable approval, you know, proof that everything has happened the way it has. But the bottom line is it it doesn't matter because he's been canceled anyway by so many people. You get canceled even before, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent in the, in the culture that we reside in today, unfortunately. Um, but as far as in um, courage, yeah, I go like, that's like Woody Allen. That is Woody. I I never even thought of it until you mentioned that to me just now. That that probably is somewhat informed by what I I well I you know I that kind of thing that Woody Allen would do, right? And. You know, and also what I've always loved, you know, so informing that his character, I would say probably so, and the very neurotic, the idea that extremely neurotic. Mel Brooks was never thought of as that's, very neurotic. He's just that's, no. See, I, I see, I see a lot of Jackie Gleason in you, in me, in your personality and the way that you express yourself. Absolutely, that's very, very true, and thank you for that. Um, I love Jackie Gleason, love the Honeymooners, and and certainly my size, my vocal character, character, and you know, kind of over. You the- have that persona. Yes, yes, that kind of uh, yes, very much. Jackie Gleason informs it, uh, informs my. Um, but you know what's interesting? You talk about what informs courage, and it's an interesting thing because I'm an actor, right? So I do, you know. I mean, voiceover is not really the primary thing that I have done in my life. Anything I've done, mostly it's either either television character work on TV shows or independent films, stage comedy, um, all of that stuff. But like live not voiceover um courage was more of an, an anomaly for for me uh you know in, in, in terms of my career um um so uh you know as an actor you know uh when i go to these conventions it's kind of an interesting thing because now what happens you, you go to the convention what happens so they 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 pay for you to they fly you out there they pay for your hotel, the convention does, the promoter of the convention does. They pay for your hotel, they give you a per diem, and then you set up a table with a banner and all your stuff on the table, and you sell stuff. You sell things. You sell your signature on things, on various things, or a photo with you. Now, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, I mean, it's the supreme capitalistic sensibility <laughs> right and and you know it's it's it always it never ceases to amaze me because i don't really first of all i would never buy an autograph from anyone and not only never buy one i don't even care about anybody's autograph but you know like i never wanted autographs so it's kind of interesting that autographs are really financially helping me but it's also not only helping me financially it's helping me connect with people 
that to mm -hmm. connect with the fans, you know, and the more these I go to, you know, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fans coming up and talking to me and, and, and speaking to them. It's a wonderful thing. But here's what happens. What happens is, is that like you guys are talking to me, right? I'm the voice of courage, the cowardly dog who talks like this. What will I do? What will I do? I'll save you, Muriel, or whatever. Like I say these lines, right? And, you know, people are excited, that character. Once I've done that, then I'm just doing me. Then I'm just doing me on steroids or on deadly ground. <laughs> One or the other. But boom, boom. So just it's so like I'm actually, you know, so sometimes I do these videos and I'm just talking. I'm going over here and it is very Jackie Gleason, Jeff, mm -hmm. in terms of the way I'm, you know, the way you know, I'm just screaming and yelling and making a circus out of things. And I'm doing it in this voice. Right. It's almost like courage jump starts me, right? And now it's the gun has been fired, the bullet has landed, and now this big boisterous bravado ridden Marty Grabstein is what you're getting now with the waving of the hands and all of that stuff. That's what you're getting. It's fantastic. And I love it. Courage. I think it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so thanks. So it's kind of a you know kind of a fun thing that I get to that I get to do that. So I'm sort of invented sort of its own my own persona. It kind of exists on my uh, on my uh, Facebook page. I, I post things like that on now more on Instagram and all that stuff. But um, yeah, know. we should do a uh, we should do a comedy where you're the plant guy growing some cannabis plants. Ah. You know, I used to be a, I used to be a big fan of 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 that, uh, uh, and I, I still have <laughs> for, for for the cannabis uh, world and for cannabis is legitimately medicinal mm -hmm. characteristics, and uh, for sure I have not done anything. I haven't had anything since in about thirty five years, uh, and that was just because I chose to just get all of those, um, you know, drinking uh, all kinds of, any kind of mind-altering substances uh, out of my, you know, just, I got rid of all of it. So it was it nothing to do with a judgment about, about marijuana. I, you know, it had to do with the way I was handling all that stuff. So I chose to clean it all out. But I'm always a been a big, big old fan of, uh, you know, of, of the cannabis world. And it's so interesting to see now more and more, you're getting the medical aspects mm -hmm. of, of marijuana, which the, you know, of old, right. The, the native Americans and Indians from other, uh, were other, uh, cultures, uh, use some of this sort of stuff for medicinal purposes. Mm -hmm. Some of yeah. this kind of this plants and, things like that but anyway so yes you see i went off on this whole cannabis rant but i i felt what well, was the reference to the part you played of the plant guy yeah dogs down here that's my wife by the way you're live Hi, wife hello <laughs> hello <laughs> so uh with um for somebody looking to become a voice actor mm -hmm. what what recommendations would you give to them 
What recommendations? What recommendations would I give? Well, yeah, well, somebody's first, just starting to get out into the, into the uh, voice acting world. Um. Well, firstly, I would definitely say that before you even start, there's two things I would recommend. First of all, ask yourself the question: Do you want to be a voice actor or do you want to be an actor? If you if your answer is I want to be a voice actor, I my opinion is that I would say that's the wrong answer. You should want to be an actor or at least understand acting on some some level to understand what acting is so that you're not just doing these funny voices because you think you're you could do that. Everybody told me I should be a voice actor because they said I have a great voice. And I understand you have a great voice and you're very expressive. That's great. You might be able to sidestep it and just go directly to voice acting. But I would say get into an acting class. Get your feet wet or something, you know, work on some stuff. Learn a monologue. Learn a little bit about what it's like to just use your voice and your body in a real life situation. Secondly, I would say, if you really then want to go to the voice acting thing, I would say, take a class, take a voice, a voiceover class, which there's tons of and many online now more than ever. So there's no excuse if there's none in your area anymore. It's one of the good things about this virtual horse pee that we've been uh, <laughs> Over the last few years, <laughs> you know, which is that you could definitely get to, you know, you could, you could don't have to be somewhere in order to get the benefit of what, you know, experiencing that is going to do for you. So I would say take a voiceover class and work on the techniques of that. And then usually they then help you put a reel together, then get your reel together. And then now you're on the road. Now you start submitting and, you know, to agents and casting people and all that stuff. But first do those other things, right? Really? Because it's a horrible profession, really. It's a nightmare profession. I mean, you know, and yet it's so beautiful when you get to work. It's so, you know, inspiring and wonderful. And so you have to really love it. You can't just be doing it because you think you're going to make some money doing it because could be very troublesome we'll do another hour on that <laughs> right 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 yeah you, you shouldn't so, um, you shouldn't follow anything for the money you got to follow it with your passion and uh yeah and i'm and then, if you don't love it if you don't love it don't do it yes yeah and i'm still stuck on horse pee i grew up on a farm and horses can pee a hell of a lot <laughs> <laughs> yep. wow. so i wanted to ask you marty about your um you have a new project that's currently in post right because yeah. I love the title of it. I just love the title of it. Yeah, it's what is the title? I want to hear how you say it. No, no, no. I want to hear you say it. <laughs> Hunter is fucked. But okay, there you go. I'm so excited. <laughs> but the U and the C are asterisked or hashtag. So you don't see like they've been like uh what do you call censored deliberately. Right. Hunter is F asterisk asterisk K E D, right? Because you're then allowed to show that if you don't show the whole word. And it's basically a short film, very, very loosely based on on Hunter S. Thompson, 
which I I'm, I know at least Jeff knows from Hunter S. Thompson. Um, and I don't know, you guys uh, on the younger side, you guys familiar with Hunter S. Thompson? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you talk about Bill Murray and where the Buffaloes roam, or, yes. or you've got, yeah. you know, yes. um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yes. So Hunter S. Thompson, always been a big, you know, a, a, you know, hero of mine, wonderful character. It's such an offbeat character, uh, to, prone to ridiculous excess, out of control with controlled substances and living, living this really fast lane life brilliant writer and brilliant uh you know rebel uh you know journalist creating kind of his own a very which was then very new a new form of journalism gonzo journalism where you where you actually insert where the journalist is actually inserted into the experience of of the article or of the piece and so he's living it. He's living the piece. And so it's very, you know, and then he gets to kind of, to, to say that he, he, he's a journalist with, he's not a dispassionate journalist, but he's not lying about being dispassionate like the journalists of today. <laughs> he's actually giving his opinions and that's part of the deal. Great, great character, wonderful, brilliant guy, very astute, um, with somehow also a strong bit of morality, a mixed insanity that he represents. Um, and so I, I basically, somebody wrote a short, uh, a short play, a one-act play in the theater company I'm a part of, called Theater 68, uh, in in the city, and. We did this one-act play festival, and he used Hunter S. Thompson as a character, and I got to play him, and I, I got very excited about playing him, and I said, I want to produce a short film, not like where I get to play Hunter S. Thompson, and and I, I felt such an affinity with the guy, and so I produced it, and I got my uh, my partner, Rick Moat of Snack Pack Productions, um, to direct it and also write it we came up with the story together but he basically wrote it and um a whole different uh, story from the one act it was just its own special thing and it's about 17 minutes it's in post-production right now and um and uh we're you know it's really a wonderful um just i'm very excited about it i think i'm happy with the the way it's looking i'm happy you know i'm usually pretty very very probably overly critical of my stuff i think i'm doing i think i'm on the right course with what i've what i've done with this character so i'm very excited for people to see me do this character even though he's even though i'm a fat guy and under s thompson <coughs> but we address the fat part in the movie just in case anybody's well wait a second he does look like hunter s thompson but he's kind of gained so i don't know if hunter s thompson's ever been that heavy so we deal with that, and it's so it's addressed. It's kind of humorous, so it's funny and it's also a little bit wacky, you know. Uh, so very excited about it. So be on the lookout. Check on my uh, my uh, my Instagram page and my uh, my Facebook page. You'll be hearing more about it. There's right, a- we can find that information in the show notes. Where oh, Leo up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Uh, and I know I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, Kylie Anna Johnson is uh, at, she has a couple questions. 
Uh, and I know we covered this earlier, but she's asking, how did you originally come up with the concept for Courage's voice? Well, honestly, Kylie, I mean, really, what I just did was I just, uh, uh, I didn't think about it. I didn't come up with anything. I just went into the office completely, you know, in the audition, completely like, and it just came to me to go, well, it actually came to me to go like this. I was going like this, actually. And I was doing it, you know, then I sounded more like Woody Allen, actually. (laughs) He used to say that. And then John Dilworth had me pitch it high. When he had me pitch it up here, that was it. That was the character. And it's been the same in terms of the way the voice was since that day. That was the voice that I used in all of the episodes, including the Courage Scooby movie. It's like a professional segue right there. Uh, She's she's also asking, uh, did you have any influences that shaped your method? And she said, also, I did great on her name. (laughs) Uh, Oh, you did great on the name? Yeah. It it shaped my method of acting? Uh, Did you have any influences that shaped your method? My my acting method? I guess that's what she means. Yeah, yep. Well, I mean... Acting wise, um, I want to go ahead and say probably uh, interesting. You know, I, I I know that I was always a fan of Brando. I looked at that kind of that method thing where you're like experiencing a kind of truth. But at the same time, Jackie Gleason, it's funny you should say that, Jackie Gleason's point of style of acting, which is just, and and to a, a similar extent, zero mustache. That's what I was thinking. Spot yeah. on. <laughs> Barreling through there and eating up the scenery. Um, so the idea of just expressing yourself fully and and uh, you could always rein it in, which I was asked to do many many times. <laughs> Marty, Marty, too much. And so you could rein it in. Hard to pull it out. Hard to yeah, bring it out more, but you can rein it in. So that, so yes, I would say probably what I go ahead and said early on, Jackie Gleason and uh, Zero Mostel. Nice. Uh, if, if anyone's listening doesn't know who Zero Mostel is, funny thing happened on the way to the forum or the producers, probably uh, two big ones um, on Broadway. I believe he was in um, the production of Fiddler on the Roof, one of my absolute favorite actors of all time. Love him. Uh, I, I know we are coming close on time. I just wanted to, uh, for those of you just joining, I know we uh, I keep on seeing people pop in and out. Uh, I just put a uh, link again. Cow- uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog Funko Pop is available for pre-order on Amazon. I put that link in the show notes. Uh, and uh, oh, that was just my error popping through. Hey, go get uh, one. Everybody yeah, needs yeah. a little pink thing, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's asking, uh, what was your favorite project uh, of, or work? Um, so between like voice acting, Law and Order, Third Watch, uh, I even That's saw you, you do some Blacklist. Um, of all your projects, what, what has been your favorite so far? It's hard to say. I mean, listen, let's, you know, it's hard for me to separate. Uh, certainly the one that has gotten me the most mileage for me in the business would be courage certainly um and so it's very hard for me not to say that's my favorite um but since we're actually if we're just speaking about totally as an actor 
there was a thing I did. This is a, I've never said this in an interview, by the way, Kylie. So first time I've ever said this, that um, I played, uh, I, I was 20 years old. I was in college, Port Portland State. And I played a role from a play called When You're Coming Back, Red Rider and by Mark Meadoff. And it was about a very dangerous man who walks into a diner and starts off real friendly like and then begins to slowly but surely take over the diner and terrorize the whole the whole group of them and takes them through a series of you know um you know a, 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 you know you know a series of machinations and i'm making them act things out as a way of like you know my understanding of their particular hypocrisies and i'm, I'm gonna do something them, but, but it's really a terrifying guy and so i had never played a terrifying guy before that i'd always played you know friendly funny uh uh, you know, neurotic, uh, whatever it would be, uh, characters. So the idea of me being cast, in which was considered to be, they were saying they shouldn't have came. The director was saying, why did you cast Marty for that? Um, and it was really, for me, still to this very day, one of the great moments I've ever had in my early days as an actor because I, was, I recognized that I could do what I put my mind to doing. And then I was very terrifying and I was able to do that. And I was very excited that I could do that. And it continues to be that that reality continues to exist to this very day in the blacklist I did, which I had a, literally a, maybe a minute long scene with James Spader, but I played a character that was very disturbing and kind of frightening character who barely, has a few lines, but barely speaks but there's a kind of intimidation about him. It's a quiet underpinning of intimidation that was I was able to key into. And so I was able to see the dark side of myself from this play I did when I was wow. 20 years old. So maybe that's my favorite thing I well, ever an, did. That's, that's an out-of-the-box experience is what it is. Yes, absolutely yeah. out-of-the-box. 100%. Very cool. Nice. Um, I had another question, but Jeff, I wanted to see if you had anything before I ask mine. I didn't want to like take up the whole thing. No, no. I just, I wanted to, um, ask this may, this is going to be a really, really weird question, but, um, years back, what kind of a trolley driver were you? I mean, did you have to, did you have to like, did you have to like have a microphone and shit? I never drove a trolley in my life. I don't, I, are you sure? I don't even drive. Then why then why is that in your stuff? See? Because I've tried to get rid of it unsuccessfully. See, that's funny. I cared enough and I should care more. Well, when yep. you meet guys like me, it's going to come up. It's come up many times. Hold on. Uh, nice. Yeah, uh, Kyliana says, uh, thank you for answering. I really liked your character work on SVU. Very sad when he died. Uh, and uh, she said she, uh, she loves uh, your work. She's a huge fan. Oh, thank you. Bless you. Is this still Kylie? Still Kylie. We got a bunch of people watching, so you know, don't be shy. Post in the comments if you have questions. So it's uh, yeah, um. So it that's a lie. That, it's a lie. <laughs> is that is that yeah. on is that on Wikipedia? 
Where, where did no, you that see was that? on um, IMDb. 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 And you know what? Yeah. Okay. I went ahead and purchased IMDb Pro because I heard with that you could get more. Yeah, you can go in and edit your own stuff. Well, yes, but it's not that simple. You can't just remove a whole thing. But there's numerous lies within that thing that people have created. So, like, I keep saying I want to remove it. You can't remove the whole thing. You got to remove bits and pieces. It's got to yeah. get approved. It's still the whole hoopla. Really? And I had somebody do it for me, and they it, it didn't work. And, you know, yeah. uh, will I ever say no to a character? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I actually, well, I said um, yes. I said no to an audition for a commercial. That I, my guess is, I'm going to go ahead and say I probably would have gotten in. I can't say the reason because it's it's probably a controversial reason. So rather than say it, I will just suffice it to say, the commercial would would have been me saying stuff and trying to sound real, like not like I'm acting the part, but that it's really me that is um, endorsing something which my heart and soul does not endorse and I'm against. So my morality in that case had me say to the agent, I'm sorry, but I can't do this audition because I, certain reason, you know, I got, I didn't get too deep into it either. You know, you shouldn't have to, you know, it's it's that simple. You got to be true to yourself, you know? But yeah, the answer is no. But then of course, everybody's got their price, huh? If they, if they offered me, you know, a hundred grand to say that shit, would I have, would I have taken a hundred grand? (laughs) There's the Jackie Gleason coming out. Right. <laughs> and you got to wonder, so I could be all moral. Uh, yeah. It went against my morals. That is correct. But as I was saying, people do have their price. You know, I don't know what my price would be to have said that. I so, sounds like it was 100000 <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't know if I would have done it. I might have been able to bullshit myself that it's okay that I did it. I don't, I, I, you know, that's the thing. Can you bullshit yourself enough to convince yourself that it's okay to do it because of the money? This is the question of the modern world that we live in today. (laughs) One of the very important questions of the modern world. So uh, last question I have for you before we wrap things up uh, and we'll make sure everybody has uh, has a chance to get their questions in. Um, but what makes you, I mean, everybody's a dork in their own way. What makes you a dork? What are you dorky about? Uh, for example, we, we talked to Bruce Valanche and he loves, uh, um, I, I oh, believe Titanic. It, yeah, like like sunken ships. You know, he he loves like the history of like sunken ships. What what is like something that you're you know passionate about that's like outside the norm? Um, like a, a type of thing that I do. Yeah, I mean, like, are are you like a huge Star Trek fan? I'm a I, huge know. horror fan. I'm a big fan of horror. Uh, you know, always have been a huge horror. Big fan of Stephen. King and um, and um, you know, I'm kind of an aficionado of horror and 
have read about the history, like I'm, I'm kind of well read on the subject, you know. Um, and I guess I throw in the A and the B. I'm also a, have always been a big fan of the comic book world, you know, um, though not today's comic book world, but the old style comic book world from the 1950s, the, the uh, Tales from the Crypt and those horror comics and, you know, uh, certainly Marvels and, you know, the before Marvel has become, you know, <clears throat> I get, you know, part of the, you know, <laughs> establishment, um, but it had a kind of an anti-establishment quality to it, um, which I dug. Um, but yeah, I guess horror, one could say that as far as the out-of-the-box thing, I would certainly call horror certainly one of my biggest uh, uh, loves that that makes me a nerd, if you will, a my okay. nerd. Now, do you have a, uh, sp a specific style of horror that you like, whether it be slashers or no, uh, see, horror I'm, comedy? I will, or... I will enjoy the slasher, um, you know, stuff every now and again, like certain slasher stuff. But I prefer things like, uh, um, like for me, a big one is uh, The Exorcist is certainly one of the great. Uh, I okay. like birds um oh, yeah. i like i like horror um even the sixth sense the sixth sense okay. i would characterize as very high class horror film which right, right. Is very deep emotion you know a uh, uh, moral uh sensibility and certainly some of the more um you know the old uh you know outer limits oh yeah um, that you know, horror that kind of makes you think a little bit, um, and then of course the old Universals. You know, the slasher stuff gets gets old after a while. And right, yet, right. Somehow, Texas Chainsaw Massacre though has a special place in my heart. The original. Right, right. So here comes Leo. So I got a movie for you. You want to check out? It's called Don't Fuck in the Woods. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a good one, and that that would probably speak to some of these slasher films, right? Well, it's a, it's a it's a no. Well, no, not at all. It's a B movie, you know. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to give it away. So okay, just, uh, go check it out. It's called Don't Fuck in the Woods. He tries don't to bring it up wood. every episode. There's some nuance in there. <laughs> There's our our rating. Yeah, <laughs> I love uh, it. Uh, Jeremy says, uh, if you could, uh, who would you cosplay? And uh, Kyliana as uh, asks, uh, have you ever been offered a role with Mark Hamill for voice acting? Never, never with Mark Hamill. I think he's out of my uh, my my financial uh, bracket. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh, never with Mark Hamill. No, I would love to. Uh, I would love to because I do love Star Trek. Actually, I, you know, Star Wars. Sorry, Star Trek. Star Wars. Um, big fan i have seen all nine of them even though really the middle three is still the best oh yeah you know got to tell the truth about that but uh what, um what about as far as cosplay i would have to if i was somebody put a gun to my head and say cosplay i'd have to be ben Grimm, right there we go the thing right that's nice. that would be for me would make the most sense me and Both Mark do wonderful roles. I Both think. Mark. Well Tell yeah. Mark to reach out to me. 
I love him on regular show. Mark Hamill was doing skips on that one. If you you guys had ever seen that on yeah, Cartoon Network, it, actually. So he does have that Cartoon Network uh, pedigree where he has yeah. done some work with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I forgot about that. He was also in. Uh, they revealed it was him in Mandalorian. Oh no, kidding! Oh. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Mandalorian, Marty? I saw the first few episodes, loved it, and I yeah. just lost track of it. So I'm about to launch into redoing that, you know, uh, you know, re, re, you know, going through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you should totally binge it, uh, you know, like this week if you can, because uh, Boba Fett's starting uh, next week. So uh, Boba Fett. Boba oh, Fett, yeah, he's getting right. his own series, yeah. Leo, how is it that you haven't mentioned that Marty is one degree separated from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? James Spader played Ultron in, in No One Said Anything? It was on my mind, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I just love James Spader. Uh, yeah, I enjoy I enjoyed working with him. It was great working with him. Um, I loved him in Stargate. That's uh, that's my go-to James Spader. That and Sex guy Lies guy. and Videotape. Mm-hmm. My 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 Two wife. Days in the Valley. My wife absolutely loves Blacklist. You know, it's uh, that's one show we got to make sure that we always watch as soon as it's on. So check out my episode if you get a chance. I said it's oh, a yeah. short, but it's kind of fun little. Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure we we've seen it. We've seen all of them. So it's uh, yeah. But we'll go back and rewatch it. I had just one really question good. I was going to ask. Um, I, I see a couple Beatles albums back there behind you. Uh, what's your go-to Beatles song? Oh, I don't have one. Uh, my go-to song? Yeah, do you have one that you find you always come back to? Maybe one that makes you stop and think? One with a special memory? You know, maybe one that you belt out with that guitar you have back there? You know. Well, I'll tell you that one then. It's, uh, it's uh, I saw her standing there. Nice. Solid choice. Oh, she was just 17. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's just so like, yeah. Um, just, it's such a uh, dad from Matilda. Um, wow, this is great. Um, so, yes, I go to that one, but I'm a huge, huge Beatle fan. And, and um, you know, actually, the, the go to thing, I mean, that I could probably mention 10, my 10 favorite Beatles songs. Um, and many of them being in more the later, not the early ones, you know, though there's some great ones in the early ones for sure. But uh, I would say maybe there's, I, I don't know that there's a single song that the Beatles have ever done that wasn't at least good, if not great, right? That, that's absolutely right. I agree with that. You know, it's, right. there, there I may not that, be, right? you know, maybe everybody doesn't love Octopus's Garden, but I like it. You know. I love Octopus. Yeah, yeah. That's a terrific song. I mean, yeah. it's not one of my favorites. Yeah, it, exactly. Song. Uh, look to the... <laughs> did you see Yesterday? Yes, I did. Oh, that, that was, was good. such a good movie, yeah. I loved it. A lot of people did not love it. I loved it. I was a huge fan of that movie. It was so great. I don't want to give anything away. People should watch it. But when yeah. that uh, couple, you know, yeah. said... You know, basically, without giving anything away, when that couple said, the world without the Beatles, the world would be a less enjoyable place. Yeah, totally you know, proven uh, true. You know, yeah. that I mean, mm-hmm. was in our world was and still is uh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. 
awesome movie. Yeah, and that visit he did on uh, was he living on the beach? Yeah, John I'm Lennon. Not, yeah. Yes. I didn't want to bring that up because yeah. that is a surprise, you know. For, but that's uh, okay. Doesn't matter. He meant the island. By now, two bad guys. I wasn't going to say yeah. who it was, but just now to say it. It was back forever, right? Uh, right. Well, All right, uh, Leo, you got another show coming up, right? I do, I do, I do. Uh, we're, what, we're, are you, what are you doing tonight? Uh, tonight, well, we're, we'll definitely talk about there's a uh, uh, new trailer for Doctor Strange, the new movie coming out. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll definitely talk about my experience seeing uh, Spider-Man, but definitely no spoilers. Uh, season finale of Hawkeye was, oh, my God, that was so good. Wow. The the uh, the after the credits Disney gave everybody an awesome Christmas present and the after credits <laughs> scene, oh my God, so awesome! I, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody. Don't but, spoil it. Yeah, totally. Uh, so uh, I definitely want to urge everybody check the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us tonight, to find all the information about Marty and for all of us here. Uh, for me, I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. We got a ton of shows on the network. A lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, Marty, where do you like fans interacting with you on social media? Well, here's the thing. I am, I'm certainly pretty solid with Facebook, uh, but I am now trying to expand my Instagram. So and I'm working on doing that. So give a yell out to my Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. and um, But Facebook is where there's more wordy stuff. Uh, you know, on Messenger or whatever that might be, so uh, Facebook Messenger. So, um, and I get those messages, and I really try to answer as many of them as possible. I really try to be due diligence. So, uh, I apologize if I don't get back to you sometimes, but I try to get back to. It. So, give it a shot, please do. Uh, Facebook, uh, yeah, you have the information, right? It's yep. Marty. in the show notes, right? Up above it. or down below, right. So, yeah, I mean, both of those, Instagram and Facebook, um, you know, and give a yell out and keep an eye out for uh, Hunter is F. (laughs) 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 Anyway, go ahead and check that out. It's going to be very cool. Awesome. Are you going to start a TikTok? Maybe. Maybe. I think people keep talking to me about that. Maybe I'm going to do that, I guess. I I I think you should. Um, me in the real world, in this real world. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin. You you can find me in the audience of Still Token With, right? So I'll be there watching the shows with you. You can find me on the Dorkening Network on various shows and Geek Life HQ. How about that? Awesome. Uh, and Jeremy, yes, I did cry on Spider-Man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey, take us out, bud. Excellent. I will take us out. Thank you, Justin, for uh, filling in. Ben, I hope you're feeling better. I don't know if you watched any of the show or not. Uh, Marty, it has been a blast and honor to have you on. Uh, I look forward to doing it in the future. Uh, As far as we go, uh, you know, Facebook, Talking With The Dead. uh, But look us up, uh, stilltoken.com. You'll find all the information right there. And just so everybody knows, Issue 5 was just released. Uh, publicly, I think two days ago. Uh, so go to stilltoken.com uh, and you'll be able to find that uh, episode. Uh, issue is available. Uh, episode two will be dropping soon. Uh, I'm going to tell everybody we do have it in hand. Oh. So everybody have a great night and peace Goodbye. out. Be safe out there. <laughs>
pleasure and wish Ben the best. God bless. I will do that. Thank you. He feels better. Have a good night. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you. You Take care. Thank you. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Hey.